0: Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to the Mountain Gardeners, your host, Ken Lane. We're here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona, and the weather has just turned I mean, I can't believe this week I was working in the nursery. We had a whole huge pottery load come in. And so I'm slepping pottery around, which is very physical, very heavy. These are outdoor pots. Some of them you could bury a body in. I mean, they're, some of them are big to, to the little houseplant size. And so you get worked up. And I was working in a t-shirt the whole week. It's just like, this should not be. It's January. But it's just, that's the way the mountains are. It gets really nice. And then next week it'll snow. You just never know. In fact, I'm hoping that we get another good, deep, cold snap. That will help the plants. Right now, if it stays the way this, the way we are, which this is actually what they're predicting, it'll be warmer than normal winter. It'll break early. That's when spring will break early. That's what they're predicting. If you believe the long range weather, which sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, Uh, but it's better than last year. Remember last year was just snowing, snow. It just, it was just, oh, it was so miserable. It was so wet, so so much snow uh, that we had to shovel. This year, not so much, but we do need a nice cold snap. It's not about the, the the moisture, although that's always good for the health of the forest and your and your landscape. But the cold, it has not been very cold, so the insects will be worse. This year. The gophers will be worse. The javelina, the, that cold, we need that cold to thin the vermin, thin the pests, thin the insects, so that we have less issues coming up at us. We can compensate for those if it if it doesn't. Uh, but boy, I was out hiking this 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 week. Oh, so nice. Oh, it's just beautiful. There's a little bit of snow on the north side of the hills, but you're you're packing light. It's, you could hike all day long and not work up too much of a sweat. It was just really nice this week. And so that's why we live in northern Arizona. I'm noticing that uh, your landscape is starting to wake up this week. We have one of the hardiest of the camellias. A camellia generally, for you Californians, you West Coast folks, you know that camellias are just beautiful. They got camellia gardens. They have camellia societies. Well, camellias don't grow In Arizona, very well, at least in the in the high country, but there's one variety that does, and it started to bloom this week. It's in not full bloom, so it's got some flowers. It's not cracking color. I mean it's got flowers in bloom. I mean it's there it's an evergreen shrub called Ice Princess Camellia. It goes down to minus 10 degrees. You know, most camellias they only go down to 20 degrees, maybe if that 30 degrees, and then they die. This one goes down to minus 10 degrees. So it works up at the higher elevations. It's a shrub, not a tree. Gets up to maybe head high or so. It's beautiful, glossy, glossy green leaves. But the flowers on them are the size of, way bigger than silver dollars. A little smaller than your hand. Kind of the size of the palm of your hand. That's the size of the flowers. Comes in red and white, basically. But they opened up this week. I noticed we've got uh, native manzanita they started to bloom this week so which is early usually that's two three weeks usually this happens in february well here it is in january this is starting to happen so the season looks like if it keeps on its current trend we'll start early and so your fruit trees your your evergreens everything will start early and that's okay that's that's normal for plants i just hope we get another storm a cold front just one would do just to slow things down and then mainly to kill off the, the bark beetle and the thrips and the aphids and the bugs that start coming at us. And then javelina and the pack rats and the gophers and gophers have already started. So we're having customers come in, go on to Ken, what do I do? They're already eating my gardens up. They're already underneath the fruit trees. They're already eating the wildflowers. What do I do? You know, well, let's show you. It's there's three things. There's either gas, and that doesn't work. There's traps. That's what your, that's what your grandparents worked, did. They're, they're hard to work with, but they work. And then there's the the zinc-based poisons basically. You put it under the ground in the run, they eat it, get a stomach ache, go to bed, and it never come out. So that there's only three ways, really. There are repellents. I take that back. The repellents do also work. We've got one called Mole Max the main ingredient in that, interesting, is castor bean oil. It's an organic repellent. So you put it on the ground and then the gophers come in and start digging in this area where this castor bean oil repellent has been put down. And then they get it on their fur. I don't know if it gives them the run, runs or makes them do something weird, but they basically go, this is not fun. I'm not digging here. I'm going to dig over There and so it just pushes them out, doesn't harm them. The negative with repellents and gophers is you got to reapply. Probably it seems like it about six to nine months you need to reapply it in that area to keep them out. So, Mole Max, I forget how far a bag goes, it's pretty inexpensive per square foot. I think it goes like I actually don't know. Come in and look more, but those are the only ways you deal with gophers and they're already active which is really early. Most of the time, they hibernate real low in the ground. So they'll dig down three, four, five feet under the ground. That's where they stay. And then when the ground thaws, they come back up with a ferocious appetite and they start to forage around looking for roots to eat. And so they're out early eating the roots of your trees, your shrubs, your flowers. So that, anyway, that, that's, it seems like it's early. And so it's going, I noticed that bees, bees have been out foraging. So I mentioned the uh, uh, manzanita and the camellias. They've been out foraging around looking for at the flowers. They're hungry when they've, they've been hibernating in their hives all winter. And now they'll put a few scouts out looking for, have the rosemary started to bloom. What's blooming yet? Where, where can we go to forage around and take it back to the hive so that we don't have to eat our honey anymore? We can now eat, you know, take the pollens, and so they've been out going at it, which is great. That I love seeing the bees going around, and then weeds. I noticed the dandelions; they are out in my yard. They're starting to grow. Doggone it! I just don't like one thing. I really don't like about gardening. Like, there's two things. One is weeds. I really don't like weeding, and the other one's watering. I really don't like watering, and so I've got computers that run all of my irrigation and then weeds I put down weed and grass stopper it's like magic it it just works it it eliminates the work of weeding and so I spread that out everywhere and so I'm going to have to reapply cuz I put it down last uh, monsoon and it looks like I'm starting to see some weak links if the dogs break the earth open where that barrier was all of a sudden dandelion dandelion will start start to emerge Uh, foxtail is the most insidious of the winter weeds. It's a real pretty grass grows up, maybe just above ankle high and it it looks innocent. And then it puts this burr on called a foxtail. That's the seed. And so it will burrow through your sock. It'll try to go through your ankle and come out the other side. I mean, dogs get them in their eyes, their nostrils, their ears. It's just real. If you've got pets, it's, they're almost dangerous and so that is an annual weed. It only comes back by the seed. It never comes back by the roots. And so if you can put a weed and grass stopper down as a barrier over that part of the garden or that rock lawn or around those trees, the fence line, wherever, um, you will not have the the goat heads or, or foxtails or the dandelions coming back at you. And so, but it's important to put it down before they show up it's not a weed killer it's a seed killer and so we've got two here one's called weed beater ultra the other's called weed and grass stopper one's high yield product one's a, a bonite i believe we, we sell two varieties one's cheaper and the other one the, the Bonide's a little better it's twice the strength actually for like five dollars more i mean it's that's the one i use but but you know retails driven by price points and so one's under 30 bucks one's 35 i think or something like that don't quote me on that but there's a method to our logic uh, but the weed beater ultra is a weed, it's a preventer that keeps the seed from germinating and you really want to get those things down here's the other interesting tidbit don't put them down where you're putting wildflower seed or you want to overseed your grass so it keeps keeps all the seed it's indiscriminate but it's really good at keeping the weeds at bay, and you're going to be you're going to be overrun by dandelions and foxtail. If this weather keeps going, uh, it's going to be it could be a bad weed year. Lot in store for you. We got Lisa Waters Lane coming in the studio after this. You've
0: been listening to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. My living room feels so empty.
1: Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah brighten it
0: up with a big bold beautiful plant from waters garden center
1: fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals colossal cactus and sizable succulents that
2: bring the great outdoors indoors make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year not just for a season unique exclusive one-of-a-kind houseplants found
1: only at waters garden center in prescott let's talk poop hey i'm tommy at waters garden center Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add
2: some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is well pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and odorless, so we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap.
0: Tommy, what's going on?
2: Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center.
0: You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener.
2: And we
1: are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? And have you noticed, babe, that uh, gardeners are in, they're starting, they're just through shopping. (laughs) See, they're looking, they're planning. They're not quite buying
0: but they're thinking
1: oh man they are like in droves it's it's actually the sales are up for january i mean they're buying but but it's i think it's more the plan mode than it is uh the we're ready to purchase pull the trigger uh privacy screens
0: Ah. those are what
1: people have been in for like a lot
0: of new homes i noticed in our neighborhood there's Two new homes going up. Really? We, the back end, way, yeah. way in the back end. Yeah. I was just like, because we've walked back there for years and. Yeah, you just let the dogs so run, and I can't do that anymore. You <laughs> got but. to keep
1: them on leash because yeah. there's there's people everywhere, <laughs>
0: tractors and backos, and so that, Eagle
1: Ridge kind of kinda, it, it's now starting to infilled. Mm-hmm. It's it always backed up against the reservation, so there's right. all this property back, and then wildlife would come over, and it's yeah. fun to watch. Now we have have you know javelina. They arr. hit the gardens. They hit uh, our
0: house last night. Yeah, Those
1: doggone things. Stinky, stinky pigs.
0: nasty Stinky
1: things. pigs. They haven't hit us in a while. Y- you know, to be honest with you, yeah. I shouldn't do this as a husband. and, and <laughs>
2: As a husband, and, and, you shouldn't be man, honest.
1: <laughs> I shouldn't be telling you this, but I actually, the power, that last storm that came, yeah. a bunch of branches came down and it got the electric fence on the ground and I just haven't. Wanted you to just have time.
0: Thought, oh, it won't matter. I
1: unplugged yeah. it is what I did because oh. I just didn't want it running and shorting. Right. Sure, so sure. you know, this weekend, uh, this weekend, the, one of my projects to do this weekend is to power back up the the yeah. electric fence so the javelina won't come in.
0: And it's our pansies years. were just starting. To, they were like, oh, spring is almost here. <laughs> and they were beautiful and singing. And our kale. We had some ornamental cabbage up right yeah. by the front door. Right. Yeah. By the front door,
1: yeah. it's your favorite thing.
0: It's it, I opened the door this morning and let the dogs out, and it was just like brr, dar, dar, dar.
1: Just yeah. mass mayhem everywhere. It was just soil, dirt everywhere.
0: everywhere. So parts <laughs> of plants everywhere. You know,
1: you do own a garden center. I you know. could get
2: some more.
0: It's just frustrating. It's interesting yeah. to see what they left. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they left like the dusty Miller. They yeah. actually left the Angelina, that little sedum.
1: Yeah, I thought for That's sure surprising.
0: they would eat that. They left oh. that alone. Um, the grasses they didn't touch. So there was. It was interesting to see what they didn't
1: bother. So with. now, folks, if you're tuned in, we're now experts. Again, of what <laughs> to do and do not eat. Yeah. So if you are struggling, come talk to us because we're always pushing the limits of Prescott <laughs> gardening. <laughs>
0: the vinca, the perennial vinca, they left alone. Yeah. yeah.
1: The ivies, the mm-hmm. snapdragons. Of course, they don't look that good. Still, I they were the, green. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're green. So anyway, this is about garden questions, and I'm sure there's no questions uh. on. What can I plant that uh, javelina won't eat? <laughs> Not right that's, now. That's but just our. That'll rose. be coming. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Fred would like to know um, how well bare root roses do in the Prescott Valley area, yeah. and when should they be planted?
1: Sure. So you'll, you're starting to see bare roots show up. You'll see them at the box stores everywhere else, and uh, and uh, how do I put this <laughs> delicately? Be nice. We no longer sell bare root roses because the fail rate was over 50%. I mean, you had to be like a hardcore gardener, and then still you'd have a miserable uh, success rate. And the reason being, the reason it's less successful here than other areas is we're high altitude, so warm days, cold nights. Mm -hmm. It messes with the canes. And then also we're extremely dry. And so the buds that are underneath the bark of that cane of the new rose... Just can never quite. It, that can That bark dries out. The bud can't get through, and that's the real reason that they they struggle. And so we used to tell folks, you know, mulch up, you know, build a cage around each each new bare root rose, mulch it up, and keep it moist, and and then when it when you think it's starting to erupt right with out, new growth, yeah. then pull that off. It was just a process. Right. You are far, far, far better off. Planting last year's rose. so we potted up our bare roots last year. They're now rooting out; they're fully rooted, and we'll start bringing those in next month, middle of February. I think it's
0: about the first of February. Is it? okay? Mm-hmm. We
1: start bringing them in February. How about that? That's where uh, go to go to the experts that there know. Shit, Lisa <laughs> takes care of all that. Cheryl takes care of all that more than I do. Uh, and then we'll have like a thousand roses show up right after the frost is done. So the mm-hmm. end of April. We'll kind of risk it, bringing that front side, and then we'll have, and, and all of those roses will be in full bloom right. all at once. You'll know they're here because the entire front parking lot is nothing but roses. The reason that's so successful is you've got a full root root mass, and we can control how they how they how they bud out. We can shape mm-hmm. them. Uh so it's just better off to go that you'll have more success, less frustration. Right. It's like ten dollars more for a whole lot more happiness right. and less frustration.
0: So the ones go. that we get in um uh, first part of February, they're fully rooted in the pot, they're just dormant. They're dormant. They're yeah, just yeah. sleeping. February is so too
1: too. They're to they're
0: grow. less expensive because the growers haven't had to care for them. Blah blah yeah. blah. And you can get some varieties that you don't always see. You yeah. know that you can get that you can't find later. Yeah. So um, if you're not afraid to plant a plant that is sleeping, yep. it's a good time to get them.
1: That's better to have to have them rooted is better than bare root. So bare mm-hmm. root is they've grown them in a field. And they got a special tractor that goes through and that just rips them out of the ground, basically. Uh, no soils on them. They'll put put them in a bag or, mm-hmm. or a box, and they'll put sawdust around it, hopefully to keep the roots moist, moist enough till you get it home and plant it. But still, in Arizona, especially northern Arizona, just my name's Ken. I'm your friend. <laughs> just hoping you have less frustration in your life, and that's just one that's probably not not yeah. worth it. So okay. lower yeah. desert's a little easier because you don't have that flux right. flux in temperature. Anyway, next question. I'm tired of answering that.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Marianne uh, has a problem. She had a major leak in her yard with a water line. Yeah. It saturated her yard where a, a blue spruce and a Vanderwolf pine sit. Uh-oh. Um, she's noticing some weird coloring yeah, on no them. Bet. They don't look real happy. Uh, so she just wants to know... What does she do at this point? The leak's fixed. Yep. It's drying out. Obviously, damage has been done, but...
1: Pray for she... it. That's what you can do. <laughs> Go talk Play it music. To talk to it. Do all that gardener stuff that we do. And then fertilize, fertilize, fertilize. In fact, two things. You've lost some roots, so they mm-hmm. rotted out. So get, come in and get a bag of all-purpose plant food. That's going to help you regrow. If it will regrow, you're going to help it grow new, new candle roots. growth. Mm-hmm. So you have to grow your way out of that color. And then second, get a, get a bag of soil activator. Mm. Uh, that is going to help it re It's humic acid. So put humic acid on and then give it to grow more roots and then give it the all-purpose food to help it flush new growth. And you'll know by the end of April, Whether it's going to make it or not. And Mm -hmm. it'll either be this ugliest plant you've ever seen. It's going to drive you crazy for years before it fills back in. Or it's going to flush new growth and come out and look like a rock star Uh this spring. But you won't know until you get into the growth habit of this spring. Okay, That's my advice. do your
0: best and give it some time. Yep. Okay. Sherry is in a new home that has raised beds. There's lots of soil in the beds. She says it looks good. But she wants to know, is there any specific amendments she should add for this area?
1: So that's a new post on our blog. If you want Ah. to really look at that, go to watersgardencenter.com. At the top, it says blog. Just hit that, and it's right at the top. It's how to amend soils. Mm -hmm. Really what it comes down to is a two-inch layer of organic something or other. Manure is – this is Mm -hmm. when they use manure. Manure. Uh, We have a deodorized manure. It's composted longer, so it doesn't stink and it's not slimy. Mm -hmm. Put a two-inch layer of that, till it down to one shovel's depth, and ready to plant. While you're doing that, though, add some extra amendments like the fertilizers. Take advantage of while you're turning the soil, put some all-purpose plant food again down. Uh, some some bone meal depends. that's where come in and talk to us we can get you the right recipe mm-hmm. for that for vegetables it's different than flowers it's different than berries it's different than we can really hone you in on that but for us two inch layer of manure all purpose food and we put in some gypsum and we're going to plant here in about three or four weeks and put our lettuce and kale and cabbage early and season. all those early seasons things and start planting so great question go to the blog WatersGardenCenter.com, blog button at the top. You're it'll listening be, to Kent Lane,
0: the first A.K.A. the Mountain right Gardener. Cool. Kent can be found throughout so We'll be right back. Kent and Miss Lane,
2: and listen the each week as he answers
0: timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever?
1: Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food.
0: This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees
2: and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them
1: thrive and grow more fruits than ever,
2: and just $27 for a 20 pound
1: bag.
0: Safe, natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center.
1: As the days get longer and brighter, houseplants can struggle and scorch, but we have the solution.
0: At Waters, we've organized our houseplants from A
2: to Z for the brightest of sunny locations, many even bloom. With experts that know plants and how to make them grow. Shipments of the freshest houseplants in town have just arrived from A to Z and ready for a bright new home. Waters
1: Garden Center, where people who love bright green houseplants, they love to shop, found in Prescott.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: Something that I've been doing, Lisa and I've been doing in our gardens, is we've been pruning slowly, going at it. We're, we're getting, we're mostly done. Got a couple trees to get done, but over the next month, month and a half, I would say five to six weeks, you should really get done with all of your pruning. Don't feel rushed. Every week I go through and I prune back my, an area and it's whatever capacity I have in my trash can, that's, I top it off. When it's full, I kind of go, well, that's been good. I'm done. If it's been, if the kids have been over and and they filled up the trash can, I only put a little bit in. If it's just Lisa and I, and we've been out eating most of the time or working at the store, uh, we, we, it's mostly open. So that it, it paces myself so I don't overwork. Uh, I do compost a lot of it, but that's mainly the softer leafed things. I'll mulch up the perennials or the leaves, the smaller, but not twigs. Mainly it's the smaller leafy stuff. So, But the twig stuff, I want out of there. Things with thorns. I don't want the dogs. I don't want to chop chop it up, and the the dogs walk across the mulch and step on a thorn. I just those things go in the trash can. I go, yeah, we're out of here. So the the the, purple locust, the roses, the you you know what's thorny, the barberries, that kind of stuff. Those things go into the trash can. I can say I was pruning back a few of my ground cover roses. My real low-growing roses. They're much more robust. Than a, than a hybrid tea or floribunda, your your showy roses. I was pruning some of those back and I, I had an old pair of gloves. I can tell you, this is when it's really important to have a good pair of leather gloves. Uh, I I, <laughs> I had a few blood. It kind of went through the, through the tiny gloves I had, thin gloves, comfortable. I could feel things and make things work. But I finally went, okay, you guys wait. I'll prune you later and, and got my real gloves out. They actually make rose gloves. They have real long... Um, they come up at your elbows, so you can really reach in there and kind of go. I, I find I don't need that much rose, that much glove to prune my roses. It's mainly for big grandifloras, great big climbing roses. Yeah, you might, but I'm more delicate when I'm pruning than that. And so I basically loppers, a longer handled kind of tool is better than a short handled tool when you're pruning pokey things or a large uh, branch or a hardwood like, like oaks getting loppers out are much easier than, than actual pruners. I do have ordered, this is new. I have some battery operated hydraulic kind of pruners coming. I have not got them. I'll give you a report on them. They might be terrible or they might be good. I don't know. I'll let you know but they're on their way uh, some some new I'm always trying to try new kind of I'm hoping they really work so I can come to the garden center and I touch virtually every tree and shrub that we have I shape them so that they grow in the right shape so customers don't have to worry will it be an ugly tree it's already got the form to it and you can see. The structure of the plant, the scaffolding on those fruit trees or on that shade tree—they're uh, already large enough, mature enough, and I've touched them where uh, they start to look like something. I'm hoping those new electric-assisted type of, of pruners will really help me with that. Because you're pruning a thousand trees, you can—I get some tennis elbow sometimes. It really starts to wear on me, so I'm still recovering from the fall pruning. I'm and I got spring right around the corner. And so I'm, I'm I'm hoping that's really going to play out well. I'll give you a report on how it really works or doesn't work. If it if it bites, I'll tell you don't don't it's way too early. Don't be an fr- early adopter for this kind of technology. It's not worth it. But it looks promising. I have a lot of battery operated tools, and, but no pruners yet. I just have really good steel on my Felco pruners, but I haven't had power assist, which I'm thinking that's going to be, I'm hoping it's going to be the greatest thing ever. So prune things out, but take your time. Don't feel like you have to get all your pruning done. Uh, just pick a nice day and go out and go, I feel like doing this, or just fill the the pruning, you know, the trash can up or your pruning bin up or your, how, what, however you're gathering up those pruning branches. And when you're done, go, oh, that's good enough for today. I think I'll go in and have a cup cup of tea. That's good. So you got some time. Watch. Be careful. Do not prune your lilacs, your forsythia, your flowering quince, your azaleas, your rhododendrons. Wait on those things. Let them bloom first, then you prune. So it's bloom and then prune. Early spring bloomers, you let them, you let them bloom first, then you prune them back, and they'll be fully leafed. It's okay, but if you prune them now, it's not going to hurt them but you'll prune all the flowers off. And you planted this beautiful sensation lilac with this variegated purple and white flower for the fragrance. It just fills the entire patio up. You, you, you planted this for the fragrance and the flower. Enjoy it. Then go ahead and prune it back. So many mistakes I see where folks prune back everything. And go, my, my lilac never blooms. Well, that's why. You're pruning it the wrong time. Got a lot in store for you. Be right back after this important message.
0: The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice, right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your
1: yard this season.
0: Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week in our Arizona
2: Gold Euonymus. An excellent
1: choice for colored hedges, and as tough as they come.
2: This evergreen displays bold gold, head-high foliage that grows even thicker
0: when
1: sheared. A single shrub makes a bold statement for just $27, but in rows they make excellent visual and sound barriers.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love bold gold hedges, they love to shop.
1: Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Red Clusterberry, Cotoneaster.
0: Stunning white flowers cover the shrub in spring, then form red berries.
1: A large evergreen that is tough, easy to grow, and tolerates poor soil.
0: So thick when sheared, it's the perfect privacy for hot tubs, secluded entertainment areas, and prying eyes for just $39.
1: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love red-berried cotoneaster, they love to shop.
0: You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: And we are back with Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. This segment we give to Lisa just to share her thoughts on gardening, just to get a different perspective. So it's not one hour straight of Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. We talk about pests, death, and pestilence in the gardens, bugs, tomatoes, lawns. It's nice to get a different perspective sometimes. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you. So you're feeling better? You've been hacking up along like all week. So she Uh... got the flu and then got better. I and felt like got Monty
0: Python, where they bring out your dad, oh. <laughs> bring out your... I'm not dead yet. It was bad.
2: It was you know, pretty know, He bad. died this week. <gasps> no.
1: Yeah. One of the Monty... Pi- I forget which character, but oh, one of okay.
2: them.
1: One... I'll look really? at that. Don't... I'm not trying to spread rumors or whatever, <laughs> but... One of the Monty Python cast just died Aww. at 77 or something. I saw wow! That in my news feed. It's too bad. Yesterday, I think, or yeah. maybe, maybe, yeah, yesterday.
0: Yeah, our whole family is kind of a Monty Python. We are. We That's,
1: like what them. does that say about our family? We're, we're kind Mon- of warped. We love <laughs> really interesting out there English humor. I don't know it's, what that means, but
0: it, it's kind of funny because we'll, as a family, we'll get off on a riff, and and if anybody's visiting with us, they just look at us like, yeah, what we is go into character. <laughs>
1: If they've never seen Monty Python. Yeah. We're dating ourselves alone. True, but it's good, clean.
2: I don't know about fun. It's it's good. not dirty. It's not, <laughs> just
1: not clean language. Let's put it that way.
0: Okay, so. I'll go with that.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> listeners are they're done <clears throat> with this? I, if they haven't changed a channel, i bet
0: most of our listeners know Monty <laughs> Python. They're our age. Oh they,
1: no, but it's it's British humor. British, British. humor. So yes. we should go to Britain sometime and just. Go to a comedy club in London.
0: Let us see your shrubbery. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, the Irish are good with stories. Yes. I'm not. I don't remember comedy.
0: But anyway, I think yeah.
1: I don't know. We'll we'll start offending everyone from the I'm UK sure we if we that. go down that path we very far. A, we, we apologize. Early. We don't
0: know what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> what this segment's about gardening, though, and you've yes. got something for us. You're going to inspire the very gardener within to get out the there and just within. go. Tur- you know. Toil in the soil. Twi- Ooh, you're a poet. Yeah, I didn't even know it. My yep. feet show it. They're long fellows. Actually, they're wide fellows. Wide fellows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell people that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyways i thought we would talk about wildflowers and native grasses because we are coming upon that time of year yeah. when it's an excellent excellent time to be thinking about where you want to put them and get them out
1: ideal time i mean it is mm-hmm. the perfect time it's the best time
0: a lot to of put them, wildflowers yeah out. they need that the hulls of those seeds need that freezing and that thine in, in order to crack them. Um, I'm sure that's not true. Crack. I'm sure it's an. uh, What's the correct term, dude? You're the garden guy.
2: Scarify. I think actually.
0: Okay, I'll go with that.
2: To scarify the outer hull
0: of the seed so that it germinates properly. Because if they don't get that, and they don't have that crack to help them germinate, they're just going to sit there.
1: That behind the studio here. If you've walked Mm -hmm. out in the backyard, right there, it's it's. the soil is real light and fluffy, oh, so yeah. it's been freezing. Thawing. The frost so this week has really mm-hmm. uh, been been heavy, yeah. and so the ground is heaving, so it swallows up those seed as well. So it mm-hmm. increases oh. your, your germination rate, and it hides, as it swallows up, from it the hides the seed from birds and mice mm-hmm. and just stuff that... Roaming around, last thing you want to do is put out the world's most expensive bird seed. Definitely, we have
0: an excellent, excellent sheet. Um, if you're thinking about putting out wildflower seed, um, it takes very little prep, but it does take a little prep. Yeah. Um, but so we have a really good sheet. I'm not going to go into all that here, but come in and grab the sheet on how I to put
1: out wildflower. Your your favorite gardener put that together for you. My could favorite gardener. Could you Tom just put it the, together? What? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. (laughs) I think it's just steps to. No,
0: that's your lawn. Oh,
1: I forget. I write. It's just
0: wildflowers planting. Gotcha. But it's a really, really. It's not long. It's not in depth. But it will help you be more successful. Yeah. So I'm not going to cover all that because we have it. But wildflowers. I mean, so critical for our habitats, for our pollinators, our birds, Um, great for beneficial insects. Everybody always thinks, oh, insects, all insects are bad. Well, no, there's some very beneficial insects that help keep down the populations of the bad insects. So you want to encourage those into your yards. They're also great for stabilizing your soils, Uh, Especially if you have uh, hillsides, different areas that just need that. There's nothing on them. You've moved into a new home area where you got nothing ground, nothing on it. They can help stabilize the soil around. So very, very beneficial for many reasons.
1: We are surrounded by, the mountains are famous Mm -hmm. for our our fall color and our spring wildflowers. We we can put on some real shows. Uh, Last year was a little weak. Oh, really, I thought it was really good. Oh, maybe it was I think the you're pr- thinking the year before. The, f- the flowering trees were oh, off. Yeah, wildflowers were true. in. The flowering trees were off because
0: we had a wet, cold yeah. spring. So,
1: and thrip took them out, or yeah. something happened. I forget. Each year seems to fly together. Is that well? Last that just year we mean? had
0: that big snow in February. You remember oh, that? Oh, that's right. And um, I saw wildflowers around here that I had not seen in ages. That's right, I do. I saw that. the Indian paintbrush, which I haven't seen for years. I mean, it used to grow everywhere around here, um, but I hadn't seen it in a number of years. But I was able to see it this year. It was very exciting. So um, that, that little bit of extra moisture we got made a difference.
1: Let's pray for more moisture.
0: There you go. But so I want to tell you about the seed mixes that we do have available. Um, and ours are all pure seed there is no filler in with our seed so sometimes people look at it and go "Well, this little tiny amount know. Uh, <laughs> you know but if you're buying it a box store what there it may look cheaper because it looks like it's a bigger bag volume. but they're throwing a lot of junk in there that you don't need
1: ever yeah, they put a lot of vermiculite that's a mm-hmm. great filler maybe we should just add filler get rid of that whole <laughs> question just Dump a bunch of vermiculite, do what the mm. box stores do, blend it all together and say, Here, it's I think
0: double should, the scoop size. Yeah, we'll just be us. Just we'll be honest. Yeah, nice just be real, pure seed. seed. Yeah, you betcha. Good. So, the ones, probably our most popular um, seed that we carry is the Arizona mix. So, this mix is specifically made for more of the mountains, the northern part of Arizona. And I counted it up. Guess how many seed types are in there? 23. 34. Oh my gosh. Really? 34 different oh, types I, of seeds. I've forgotten how many seeds. In seed that Arizona have. mix. It's got some Coriopsis, coneflowers, blanket flowers, black eyed Susans. Just a really terrific mix. A few annuals, a lot of perennials. Um, and with perennial seeds, sometimes you have to be a little patient because it's got to come back next year. We have our Parade of Poppies, which not only has the Cal- orange California poppy, it has the white. California poppy. It has the Mexican poppy and the red California poppy in it. It also has got some Shirley poppies and some red Shirley's. So all kinds of poppies.
1: Poppies, just Poppy, 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 (laughs) poppy. It is a good mix. I mean, California mix. I mean, California poppies are great, but we get bored sometimes. And we're making our own mixes. So Mm -hmm. we're going, hey, this is fun. Let's put some reds in there. Let's have more than just orange. We can have a a concoffa. Cacophony.
0: Cacophony. Yeah, of,
1: of colors in <laughs> our poppies.
0: So the poppies are, there's a few annuals in there, but a lot of perennial poppies yeah. in there as well. Beautiful, beautiful. We have a one that attracts hummingbi- hummingbirds and butterflies. Say that three times fast. Uh, the nice thing about that one is it blooms starting in spring all the way through fall. Yeah. And that way you're seasonally hitting when the butterflies come in, when certain varieties of birds come in. So it's not just a one-time pop of color and then right. you're done. It's attracting all those pollinators in all through the season.
1: We're on the migratory path, especially this central verde, mm-hmm. prescott. Uh, the, we're on the migratory path, so you'll see a lot of different rotation of different kinds of butterflies and birds. Mm-hmm. So we try to put together a mix that attracts our birds, our mm-hmm. Our butterflies that, that go through here, what are they looking for? We put that mixed together right. in a special blend.
0: And, it, and it's, it's correct seasonally and that it's going to bloom when those birds and butterflies are coming through. And then we have our deer-resistant, deer for those of you up in those urban wildlife oh. areas. Um, it has ones in it that they tend to avoid. Yeah. I wouldn't say they always stay away, but they tend to avoid it. So yeah. a lot of really nice mixes for here, and we do have a couple of really nice uh, wild grass mixes as well.
1: Great info, and there's a lot of, there's a whole there's been upon been upon been, a different kind of custom. We're, we're blending our own seed, and so you buy it by the scoop, kind of basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's time to put them out, come peruse and talk through, and we've got a handout on that. If you're thinking about wildflowers, come talk to us, and we'll get you the... Real inside scoop, more than we could dedicate 10 minutes on the Mm -hmm. airwaves. All right, Lisa, thank you so much. We will be right back.
0: Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, (coughs) gardencenter.com. Did you know that plants can help you sleep better naturally?
1: At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful
2: houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get this, some plants can actually produce oxygen at night It even take mold spores out of the air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep, rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest
1: yet at Waters Garden Center.
2: Sweet dreams. These tulips are delicious.
1: We're the cutest mule deers, and we just ate Mrs. Smith's flowers. <laughs>
0: we avoid Mrs. Johnson's, because she has native plants from Waters Garden Center.
1: She's got
2: bright red sage, sunny blanket flower, hot pink gara, and a lot more. They grow like crazy in local soil, and she hardly ever has to water them. Coming birds and bees love natives, but they taste awful to deer. I sure hope Mrs. Smith doesn't figure that out. Go native. Waters Garden Center. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in
0: the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: Okay, so I wrote a blog post that was on eggshells. It's called Six Genius Uses for Eggshells in the Garden. That seems to be a question that comes up. Eggshells and coffee grounds. Should I use them? How do I use them? Are they good? Are they not? Do they make a difference or not? Here's the bottom line they're good. Use them, especially if you're composting or you've got a garden you want to add to the raised bits. Great. Coffee grounds, let's start with that. Coffee grounds do not do that much good. They don't do that much harm. They don't do that. They add some organic, but there's no nutritional value. Uh, it's not really compost and there's no real volume you can get on there. Really, if you're amending your soil, you need a two inch layer tilled down or turned into the garden beds, into the garden soil, one shovel's depth. Well, how you can't get two two inches of coffee grounds over your entire coffee, uh, uh, flower bed or vegetable bed. Uh, you, you just can't get the quantity, the scale you've got to use actual composted wood, Plant material, uh, coffee grounds just kind of add to that, and that's 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 coffee grounds for you. It's good. Use them if you got them. Get them. If you own a Starbucks, even better. Maybe you could pull that off. Really scientifically, uh, coffee grounds will lower the pH just a hair for for like a few days, and then it rises right back up. That's all it really does to the chemistry of the soil, and then it adds just a little tiny fraction of a bit of organic matter. Eggshells, on the other hand, are better. So there, eggshells actually help you. Uh, There there, there are some real benefits because you're getting some calcium source. The the problem we get into, the biggest mistake I find folks make with eggshells is they'll have, you know, a dozen a week or every two, whatever many eggs you use, great. Uh, There's not enough to really make a real difference in the gardens, unless you've got a source for piles of it. And then they put them in their compost pile or in their soil full, so they don't break them up or crush them up. And so they take so long to break down. Eggshells work better if you're crushing them If you're grinding them up, if the finer the powder, the the finer the pieces, the more active they're going to become, the more available that calcium from the eggshells are going to become available to your plants if you're using them in a garden setting. And so grinding them up first, let them dry out and grind them up, then add them to your compost or add them directly to your soil. you have a real, uh, real benefit. Uh, But still, I would not personally count on that as my only source of calcium or phosphorus to my gardens. I would actually supplement some bone meal or something else to help my gardens because I want to regulate. I don't want to risk a few eggshells and go, "Why aren't my why are my watermelons so small? Why don't I have a large pumpkin? What what ha- why am I getting blossom end rot on to my tomatoes?" Those are all calcium issues. And if you don't get that right, you'll have issues. Well, I would think of eggshells as a supplement, not as a primary ingredient in my garden soils. Great to add to the to the compost pile. Tremendous. Just crush them up first, as fine as you can. The number one number one benefit really of of eggshells. Uh, there were six of them. Number one was it's a cat deterrent. So if you grind these up and then spread them around an area where cats seem to be defecating or hanging out or causing problems they really don't like the smell of eggs and so they'll go ugh, this is nasty what just happened who just went here i'm not going here i'm going to go over the neighbors i'm gonna go go underneath the neighbor's deck and i'm going to go there because that's that's easier so it becomes a it becomes a deterrent so another repellent aspect of that would be deer Deer also do not like the, the smell, taste, or anything about eggs. That rotten smell or that egg smell, there's a chemical in there. They just, they don't like it. So it has a way of, if you sprinkle those eggshells around, they'll kind of go, oh, I don't like that. Or sprinkle around a plant they seem to be really active on. Uh, again, you'll need some quantity. You can't just put an eggshell and it's done. It keeps around the backyard. No, you need some quantity on that. But that's, it, it deters cats, and it also deters ra- uh, deers, and really probably would work on rabbits as well. Number two, if you, if you have chickens, this seems weird. Okay, it's not cannibalistic, but basically if you grind up the eggshells and then add them to your chicken feed, chickens need some supplemental calcium. And if their eggshells seem to be smaller or thinner or thinner shelled, that's a good, that's usually a calcium deficiency. Well, you can always grind those up and add them to the chicken feed. I would say though, I might wash or rinse the eggshells out before I crushed them, before I added it to the feed, but that's another great source used often. You'll see that in your organic magazines, that kind of stuff as a, as a use for eggshells. Second for compost, we already sort of mentioned this. It adds calcium sources, to your compost again. Just don't make the mistake of crack it open, add it to your compost bin, and then just go dump it. Dump it out there. Uh, uh, it'll break down faster for you. It'd be more available to your plants if you crush them up first, then add them to your compost pile. Um, fertilizer. It's a great fertilizer for tomatoes, peppers, eggplants. Again, those these are these are plants that really do need quite a bit of calcium. If you don't have enough calcium, you'll get blossom end rot, uh, which is a darkening of the end of the, of the fruit. And it, it'll blacken where that blossom was and it'll start to rot. That's almost always a calcium deficiency. Well, what's the number one ingredient in eggshells? Calcium. So if you could crush some of those up and then add some, some crushed eggs to the bottom of that planting hole, maybe even sprinkle some around the, the tops, tremendous source of calcium. And then lastly, as seed pots, you can actually start your seeds. This is interesting, a little bit small for my taste, but it's it's used. You'll take your egg crate, take the, the top of that egg, get as much of that shell as you can, put some seedling starter in there and you could start beans or your seed inside the eggshells and then go ahead and plant them right out in the yard. Brilliant. I like it. So those were the six things. And I actually put a YouTube video of, of someone that's really good at using eggshells, a friend, good gardener. Uh, anyway, I put her link on there going, ah, oh, here, here's 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 an expert that knows how to use eggs as well. Lastly, I'll give you as a pest deterrent. You can actually grind up eggshells and then use them very much like diatomaceous earth. And so you can, as, as insects cross over those eggshells, it starts to cut up their bodies and it works very much like diatomaceous earth, an organic bug preventer, especially on cutworms, things like that, earwigs, pill bugs, uh, that kind of stuff. So it works really well. The other side note, if you are using eggs in the garden, I would probably rinse those out first, or you might draw in some things like mice, voles, pack rats. They'll be interested. So you kinda you don't want the juicy parts you can you can attract some problems too. The, that was the blog post. If you want to take a look at that, it's available on my website, watersgardencenter.com. At the top it just says blog. And if, if it's of interest, you can actually subscribe when I write a new garden post or shoot a new video you'll be the first to know. So subscribe and you, and you got it. So that's some things that that I think will make difference. It is time to start getting your soils ready. It's time to get that amendments to put your fertilizers down. It is time. I can't emphasize that enough. You want to have your soils completely done, amended, and you want them to rest for about two weeks before you start planting. Well, we're going to have, oh, probably within two weeks, we'll have lettuce uh, kale will have uh, spinach, all those early seasoned crops, they're ready to plant. Especially if the season breaks early, you can start planting middle of February, first part of March. So, you really want to get that soil done a couple weeks prior to planting. That way, if you happen to put too much manure and it's too hot, it's got time to rest hopefully we get a storm or two that comes in and kind of washes things out levels out the ph and all the manures and nitrogen's in your soil you want to do that ahead of time for a couple of weeks and then let it rest and then go ahead and plant if you go and mend amend your soils right now and then plant the next day you can have some some problems so again just just I'm quoting the book right now so the garden books say amend let set for 2 weeks then plant that's what i'm recommending As well, that has been my experience, and it works. Got more for you. Be right back after this.
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener.
1: You're in the area with your dream home on the inside, but surrounded by boring castle surrounded by rock is just so bland but we can help
0: at waters we have a team of plant experts ready to dress up and decorate even the most boring of landscapes
2: with something fresh new and evergreen plus we deliver and plant for you designer plants with the experts to help you beautify your new abode waters garden center 1815 iron springs road in prescott
0: if life is a bowl of cherries why not make them the biggest sweetest cherries ever
1: Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food.
0: This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops.
1: Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever. And just
2: $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain
0: Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang.
1: So we were moving a bunch of pine and spruce, uh, setting up a new section. We've got a whole privacy screen section. It seems to be a theme that's very popular, and so we're trying to expand this. So we know trees better than anyone, so we're trying to, to go from small to tall, and these work best. They get up to about 10 foot high or 15 foot high or 25 foot, and we're removing the pine and the spruce, which are some of the longest-lived, largest of the, of the plants, and the buds are ginormous. Now, what you're looking for when you walk the yard and you're looking at your pine and your spruce, you want to look at the end of the branch, and you want to see a little button uh, at the end, a little nodule. At the end, and that's where the new growth is going to come. You want that when it finally breaks in the spring and it starts to elongate, you want that to be as long as possible. You want as much growth as you can get. Because you only get one shot at growth with evergreens, most evergreens. So especially pine, spruce, fir, those kind of guys. You want that to be as large as possible. That's why you fertilize in the fall and, and at at the new year is so you can maximize the bud growth on your evergreens. So when they do break in usually in March, first part of April, they'll start to elongate. And whatever that locks in, usually it's anywhere from six to twelve, maybe eighteen inches for like Austrian pine, your cedar Cedars. Now you want as, as much as you can get and then when it before summer hits, it's pretty much locks in. Uh, the, the wax coating tends to tends to firm up. And so it becomes be, becomes much more robust more drought-hardy, and then it stays like that until the following spring. And so you really want to see that. If you don't see that, or if you're not sure, take a picture, bring it into the garden center. Uh, We can can go, oh, that's healthy, or no, that's, ooh, we got problems. We can help you with that. And we'll probably advise you, put some all-purpose plant food on your evergreens, especially, they really like that, to maximize that growth. If you haven't done that, or if it's a new place, you just moved in, you're remodeling, but these evergreens look a little off color. You just want them to be their best for next spring. Come in, talk to us. Going, Ken was talking about something on the radio about a fertilizer for evergreens. We're going, yeah, it's the 744 All Purpose. Here it is. Sprinkle that on. Pray for snow. and That'll help your or rain, or water it in. Just get it on there. The plants will pick it up. We go over a lot of this kind of stuff in our weekly garden classes. Every Saturday at 930. We have a free garden class and we're having on average 30 to 40 people show up. It's, it's early. Normally we have high teens, 20, but again, the weather's been nice. People, people's heads, they're into gardening, they're planning, they're getting ready. And so they're, they're wanting to know how to garden. And so today, this week, this, this Saturday, the 25th uh, was how to plant wildflowers. What the best mix is and how do you do it? So the process uh, and and it's it's pretty easy. We've got free handouts next week. The first February one is how to prep your soils, how to get your winter soils, how to how to prep your your vegetables, your flowers. What's the process? What are the best minerals? Uh, that's next Saturday at nine thirty here at Waters Garden Center. On the eighth February eighth at nine thirty, we've got mountain fruit trees and the heavy harvest. How do you get the most fruits, berries, grapes, brambles out of your gardens? Uh, and then the 15th, Gardening for Newcomers. That entire list is at watersgardencenter.com. At the very top, you'll see classes. Just, just press the classes button. The whole list, the whole spring season's right there. So it's flick. it flips a little bit, I think in March. With our 58th spring open house, we're going to Thursday. Or is it Friday? No, Friday's at 3. We're going to switch it up a little bit. Because the facility just can't take on you know, 100 students. fills up the parking lot. We don't have enough room. And so we are changing things a little bit then. But take a look at the entire class schedule. We want you to be a better gardener. That's why we put on these radio shows. That's why we put on garden columns, podcasts. That's why we're doing all this so you can be more successful in your own backyard.
2: My living room feels so empty. Now
1: that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah.
2: Brighten it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center. Fill that cavernous space with tall
1: tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors
2: indoors. Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season. Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found
1: only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.